The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. You are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. I hope everyone is having a fantastic weekend, folks. I apologize for those of you who listened to the Dustin Gold Nugget yesterday. You will know that I did not drop a new episode last night at midnight as I normally do. I went something like 30 days in a row without a break. And then yesterday, I did a three-hour long interview with Mike Moore for the Thomas Paine podcast. That will air tonight on Payne.tv slash gold hotwire. And then it will re-air, I believe, tomorrow on the Thomas Paine podcast channel. And then I'll re-air at some point this week over at the Dustin Gold Standard Channel. And so after three hours, I said, I need a little bit of a break. And so this morning, I went hiking with my wife, went and saw the beautiful fall foliage at a place called Greenbrier Park. It was fantastic, folks. It was really relaxing. Uh, you know, the baby should be here any day. So we wanted to go get another hike in real quick before that happens. And so what I decided to do, folks, is that I'm putting out this episode. I think it's going to come out this afternoon, early evening. And then I am going to release another episode tonight at midnight to get back on schedule. That is the plan anyway. Don't hold me to it, folks. All right, there's been some great conversations going on privately between Jim from the Hot Wire at the Thomas Paine Podcast, who is going to be coming on my show November 4th. Mike and I discussed him briefly during our interview yesterday. And so Jim's been sending me a lot of information on the Bank for International Settlements, uh, Central Bank Digital Currency, and other topics related to international finance and banking as I prep for the interview on November 4th. So thank you very much for that stuff, Jim. J-Mal over at Twitter, who is also part of pain.tv slash gold. We talked on the phone. We've been texting back and forth. He's working on getting some stuff going. Uh, Legal Man jumped in a conversation with the two of them today, talking about jury nullification. So it's great to see that people are out there excuse me folks and they're active and they're starting to work on solutions and talk about solutions so this episode i've been trying to put together for the last couple of weeks and i just haven't had time i don't want to get in the habit of regurgitating my own material but some people have been sending me articles and tweets and theories and research they're doing as the talk of nuclear war or a dirty bomb is moving forward a lot of people believe that maybe it's going to run cover and they're going to trigger something inside of people that were vaccinated and or boosted and then those people are going to die and they're going to blame it on a dirty bomb or a nuke i don't know any of this to be true i haven't researched any of this stuff but what i want to do is go back in this episode and re-air part of two episodes that i did one of those is an episode from september 26th 
on Dr. Charles Morgan III, and the other is an episode from October 22nd on Dr. James Giordano, and it has to do with some of the tech that these two gentlemen talked about at West Point Military Academy uh, Modern War Institute. They gave two separate lectures in 2018 that were published on the Internet. I did extensive analysis of both lectures. We're getting back to finishing up James Giordano soon because there was about 20 minutes left in his lecture, and I got pulled in other directions. But I want to go back and play clips from the shows I did and then put possibly some new analysis in there where I see fit based on things we've learned since listening to those two gentlemen speak. Again, these are two lectures from 2018. So this morning, I pulled up the last episodes and I edited those so I could pull out stuff that was important for this conversation. And so some of me speaking will be me speaking on September 26th or October 22nd. I'll let you guys know as we analyze this stuff and I play these old clips from those two episodes. But I think it's important to put both of those together at this point. And it's not going to be talking about the brain chips, uh, the artificial intelligence brain chips, bionic arms, cyborg soldiers. We're going to focus strictly on these biological weapons of war that these two gentlemen speak about in their respective interviews. Now, I was going to, let's see if it works now, I was going to pull up the original uh, website posting from the Modern War Institute on these two different speeches so that I could show you what they were. So this first one here, it's MWI, as in modernwarinstitute.usma.edu. And this first one was MWI, Modern War Institute video, Dr. Charles Morgan on neurobiology and war. And it says right here on Google, Morgan's neurobiological forensic research has established him as an international expert in post-traumatic stress disorder. Now, I'm clicking on it, and I'm not kidding, folks. Uh, You can't pull up the site. And as you know, I used this as a reference before I did the analysis of the video. Now, I did find the video is still up at YouTube, but the Modern War Institute page is gone. And so I'm clicking on it, and my uh, browser tab, you can't see it here, unfortunately, is spinning. Uh, And hold on, just in a second, it'll come up. um, Let me see. It comes up that the site cannot be reached. Now, Interestingly enough, while it's doing that, I'll, I'll let that go and see. It takes a few seconds. I go over here and I Googled James Giordano West Point. And again, this is mwi.usma.edu. And this is MWI video. The brain is the battlefield of the future. October 29, 2018. In this video, Dr. James Giordano, I click on this one. And this one will not go through. So... Actually, hold on. I think I can show the video audience. When you come down to my uh, browser bar, you see here on the tab, it's just spinning on the Charles Morgan III. And then I go over here to the James Giordano, and it's just spinning. So I'm wondering if they took these pages down. I mean, we're not big enough to create any waves, but uh, I always wondered why these things were available to the public. And so that's it. Like, you you can't actually access them. So I'm going to pull up their bio here. 
uh, on two different websites. I'm going to pull up the bios and just refresh your memory on these two gentlemen. So this is over at digitalcommons.usf.edu, and this is Charles Morgan III. So it says uh, Principal Investigator. Uh, C.A. Morgan III, M.D., Forensic Psychiatrist, Associate Clinical Professor of Psychiatry at Yale University School of Medicine and National Center for PTSD, VA, Connecticut, West Haven, Connecticut. Dr. Morgan received his medical degree from uh, Loma Linda University School of Medicine in 1986. He completed his residency training in psychiatry at Yale University in 1990. And for those of you that don't know, he's currently at University of New Haven working under government grants. Um, It says he then joined the Faculty of Medicine at Yale University and the National Center for PTSD and has been with them for the past 22 years. Dr. Morgan has received grants and has published over 100 peer-reviewed scientific papers on learning, stress, PTSD, and performance in special operations forces. For his work, Dr. Morgan was awarded the U.S. Army Award for Patriotic Service. This is a patriot, folks. In 2008, and awarded the 2010 Sir Henry Welcome Medal and Prize for his development of interventions to buffer the negative impact of stress on human cognition, memory learning, and operational performance. Dr. Morgan served as an intelligence officer from 2003 to 2010 with the Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA, and was a government member of the U.S. Intelligence Science Board. The products developed for his DOD and IC research have been vetted and validated domestically as well as in the theater of operations in Afghanistan. In addition to his work at Yale and National Center for PTSD, Dr. Morgan is currently an operational advisor to the United States Army's Asymmetric Warfare Group. He also helps vet people for special operation groups. So he helps choose the people that end up on, say, like Navy SEAL type teams all right there's a lot more about him out there but you can go back and re-listen to these episodes if you want again i covered morgan in episode uh that was released on september 26 but that did span across i believe three episodes so you'll just have to look for it uh if you want to on apple podcasts or somewhere else so this is dr james giordano this is from brainpreservation.org again there's a lot of bios on him out there This says Dr. James Giordano is chief of the Neuroethics Studies Program in the Pellegrino Center for Clinical Bioethics and a professor in the Department of Neurology and Graduate Liberal Studies Program at Georgetown University, Washington, D.C. He is Clark Faculty Fellow of Neurosciences and Ethics at the Human Science Center of Ludwig uh, Maximilian's Universität Munich, Germany, where he previously was J.W. Fulbright Foundation Visiting Professor. Dr. Giordano's William H. and Ruth Crane Schaefer Social Issues Advisory Panel of the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, DARPA, and he's a fellow of the Center for National Preparedness at the University of Pittsburgh. So you see there you have Dr. Charles Morgan III coming out of the CIA. You have Dr. James Giordano involved with DARPA. It says Giordano's ongoing research focuses upon the use of advanced neurotechnologies to explore the neurobiology of pain and other neuro 
psychiatric spectrum disorders. The neuroscience of moral decision-making and the neuroethical issues rising from the use of neuroscience and neurotechnology in research, clinical medicine, public life, international relations and policy, and national security and defense. All right, he's the author of over 200 peer-reviewed papers and seven books in neuroscience and neuroethics. Giordano is editor-in-chief of the journal Philosophy, Ethics, and Humanities in Medicine, associate editor for the journal Neuroethics, and executive editor-in-chief of the book series Advances in Neurotechnology, Ethical, Legal, and Social Issues. All right, so again, you have Charles Morgan and you have James Giordano, both of them big-time government insiders, Frankenstein doctors. Uh, Based on their lectures, they are what you would call a technocrat, and they definitely are transhumanists. They're all about brain-machine interfaces or brain-computer interfaces, whatever you want to call them. Those are the implantable chips that go in your head, like Elon Musk Neuralink. And then you also have both of them talking about transcranial electronic stimulation helmets, which is a program being run out of DARPA called N3. And that focuses on these non-invasive helmets that they can strap to your head in order to read and write to your memory, uh, allow you to control robotics, allow you to control drones and robots from halfway around the earth. So both of these men are completely into this. They're funded by the government. James Giordano co-authored the Cyborg Soldier 2050 paper that we reviewed here heavily. And so what I'm going to do in this episode, folks, again, I brought in information from the September 26th and the October 22nd shows that I did, and I'm going to combine this into one show so that you can share this information with friends of yours that may be interested in the technologies that the government admits they have that could be, could be, I'm not saying it is, I'm saying could be scenarios in which i don't know covid land the high school theater production was based on i talked a little bit about this with mike moore in our interview yesterday for the thomas Paine podcast but i want to combine this together so that you can share this episode and what i decided to do was rather than just replay charles morgan and james giordano and then me comment now today on what they're saying, I decided to leave in my analysis from those shows on September 26th and October 22nd because I started to listen to them and my mind was in a completely uh, in a completely another place uh, back then than it is today because we had been covering synthetic wombs and designer babies. So I want to leave that analysis in there. It's a lot of stuff that I even forgot that we talked about. So I'm going to leave that analysis in there and I will stop and pause when I want to add new analysis or comment on some stuff that I had said back then, folks. So when we get back, we're going to jump into this Dr. Charles Morgan III and Dr. James Giordano, the government's real Frankenstein doctors. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. You are listening to pain.tv slash gold, and I am Dustin Gold. All right, let me set the stage here, folks. First off, we're getting into Halloween, so why not listen to two Frankenstein doctors speak, folks? But first up, we're going to have Dr. Charles Morgan III. Again, this is from the episode I released on September 26th. And let me just put these, the, the lecture into context because I'm not playing the whole thing. We're going to be jumping into the middle of it. But the basis uh, of this lecture is that Charles Morgan, upon leaving the Central Intelligence Agency, supposedly, I don't truly believe that you ever leave, but when he left in 2010, the story goes that he was asked by his uh, superiors to put together a presentation on what the future would look like. And Charles Morgan III told them, He cannot predict the future, but he can predict what is going to happen five years from where uh, it began. So this started in 2010, so he's going to predict what happened by 2015. So he put a presentation together featuring a bunch of technology that was currently being studied in the private sector, academia, and inside the government. And he said as a scientist, by looking at their studies, looking at their labs, he could figure out where they were going with this technology because it's just like putting a puzzle together. And if you have all the pieces, you can figure out what the puzzle is, what the final image is. And so he continued to keep this presentation, this lecture, up to date over the years. And so in 2018, he's giving the lecture to a room full of cadets and faculty at the West Point Military Academy, specifically to the Modern War Institute. So he is telling them about the technologies that currently exist and where it's going in the future. Again, this guy also has inside knowledge. I'm sure he didn't give up all the classified stuff in a speech that was being published on YouTube and on other places on the internet so that is what that lecture is all about he talks about brain chips he literally shows technology the government was working on back in 2003 that musk has unveiled under Neuralink in the last couple of years musk tries to make it look like it's new you can really see that it came out of the military not that charles morgan the third is presenting it for that reason i mean we just know that because we're paying attention to all of the technology that's out there in the second one which was was from the episode I released on October 22nd. That's Dr. James Giordano. Again, there's multiple episodes on each of these gentlemen. And so Giordano is talking about neuroscience, uh, brain science, and he talks about how the brain is the battlefield of the 21st century, how it will continue to be, and it currently is. And he gets into a lot of mind control and technology related to mind control. So now you understand the context, folks. And so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to pull up um, the video of me, if you're watching pain.tv slash gold, or obviously you will hear the audio if you're on the audio side only. And this is from September 26th. So I'm going to let this roll and I'm going to stop. And when I stop to interject any analysis 
Uh, and I'm going to have this up full screen on the video side so it doesn't look strange because if I have an image of an image of me inside there, I'm going to get all confused. So I'm going to pull it up full screen and allow this stuff to play for you. And then what I'm going to do is if I stop and inject any additional analysis, I'll make sure to let you know that that is Dustin today, not Dustin from the past all right folks i hope that makes sense to you all right here we go i'm gonna roll this let's see how it goes let's continue folks this stuff is wild though it is wild all right let's get back to morgan so in medicine the goal in medicine now is to be able to do uh, designer medicine and therapy if we can design a cell to get into your body and release the right product for you you won't be losing half the drugs you take through your liver when you swallow a pill and it gets digested. These can be inserted into you through the hypospray uh, needles, almost like Dr. McCoy on Star Trek, giving you the hyperspray, it just blasts. Okay, so there you go. Now he's gonna use Star Trek, you know, Dr. McCoy and the hyperspray to make his point about what we have available now. So you see, Star Trek, all this stuff was all predictive programming. It was uh, desensitizing people to the technologies that would eventually come out. And you say, oh, cool, that's like whatever from Star Trek. Well, the question is, again, does life imitate art or does art imitate life? Do do the government people developing this know that this stuff is already in the works and coming out, and so they pass these secrets on to their buddies in Hollywood production, and then they work them into the movie scripts, and then it helps uh, desensitize people to the technologies it helps normalize the technologies that are kind of come out in the next generation so you put it into shows in the 60s 70s 80s and then you have it come out in the 2000s and so now the people who saw it as children now see it in real life as adults and they go wow that's cool they're actually catching up to the movies well that is all about mind control also, folks, that's propaganda. That's how it works. All right, let's continue. Now plasmids into your squamous cells. But uh, Ventner was able to do that and has the patent on the technology. But you can engineer anything. You can engineer a unique thing that would only kill one person in the world. Oh, okay, okay. Did you hear that? Did, did you hear what he just said? What he's so excited about there? What he said in passing, let me rewind that and see if you caught that. Asmids into your squamous cells. But uh, Ventner was able to do that and has the patent on the technology. But you can engineer anything. You can engineer a unique thing that would only kill one person in the world. You can engineer a unique thing that would only kill one person in the entire world. Folks... They have your DNA. You either willingly gave it to 23andMe, you know, companies like Ancestry.com, to your doctor's office, to Orchid Biosciences. Uh, Folks, you gave it to the people who were making 12 bucks an hour working in the parking lot of the local Salvation Army that shoved a Q-tip up into your brain and took a swab out of your nose 
or the people who handed you a cup and you spit into it, or the people that got you to swab the inside of your mouth and mail them a Q-tip, all because, I don't know, you were afraid of COVID or your work forced you to take a test, or maybe you wanted to know your ancestral heritage. And so there are many, many, many ways that they have gained access to our DNA. And so one of the things I want to bring up in this moment, it's a good place to put this in here. I tweeted about this because I was thinking about it the other night. If you take Orchid Biosciences, the company doing the in vitro select your own embryo, program and i told you the woman who runs that north Sidiqui is a peter thiel fellow i'm not going to go into a whole sidebar on thiel if you haven't listened to the episodes on him just look him up on the free podcast and listen to them or go over to pain.tv slash gold and get the ad free video version um but so peter thiel's fellow you know one of his mentors his minions runs Orchid Biosciences. And part of what they're moving into is the designer baby market. And what they do with the CRISPR-Cas9 gene editing is that they clip a piece of the bad DNA, or what they would call the bad DNA, or the trait that you don't want your child to inherit, for instance, your irritable bowel disease. And then they replace that with what they call the good DNA. Well, you'd say to yourself, where's the good DNA coming from? Well, who is one of the largest investors in Orchid Biosciences? And I'm just using this one company as an example. But the largest investor is the CEO of 23andMe, a company that collected DNA samples from millions upon millions of people. Under the guise, I believe, this is my opinion, to return to you your ancestry or your medical history in your family lineage. But they also have all this DNA on file. Remember, the woman who's the CEO of 23andMe is married to Sergey Brin, the founder of Google, a government front company. And so 23andMe has access to a lot of DNA. I don't know. Is that DNA being chopped up and used to fuse into other DNA using CRISPR-type technology? Are you willingly giving your DNA to 23andMe to have your ancestry done, but then they are using that DNA as the healthy DNA to splice into human embryos and such as they create designer babies? I don't know. I'm just asking the question. Would Peter Nygaard, would Jeffrey Epstein, would Elon Musk and these others utilize that type of technology to build a super race? I don't know. I'm just asking the question. And so now you're hearing Dr. Charles Morgan III in a presentation developed off of a presentation that he gave to the CIA on all of these technologies that he keeps his eye on and that he works to help develop over at University of New Haven. And he's talking about how they could create, right there, just nonchalant, he says, we can create something that would kill 
one individual person because they can target your DNA. So let's say they released a virus that would only kill one person. Right? They release it in New York City. They know it's going to spread. Maybe it's airborne. And there's someone they're targeting in New York City they want dead. I don't know, some head of state or something, let's just say. And so they release it. It's airborne. It blows all over New York, and then it only kills one person. No one ever knows about it. Just that one guy had a heart attack. But if they can do that, they can kill a family of people. If they can do that, they can kill a certain select group of people or 50 individual people in New York that they want to target and kill. So they release an airborne disease that's designed to only kill those 50 people. They can kill a group of people based on their ethnic heritage, based on their bloodline, based on a number of traits. See, once they can do this, it falls under Yuval Noah Harari. He's saying that we are hackable animals because he's talking about biohacking. He's talking about mind control. He's talking about targeting humanity. And so, as Morgan just said there, they can kill one individual person with something they developed just to kill that person. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's pause right there. This is Dustin Gold in the present, folks, in the present. We're going to come right back to that after the break. But I just want to put out there that the hyperspray that Dr. Charles Morgan is talking about back there in 2018 is actually something that was tested for the COVID vaccine. Now, based on the research I did last night and this morning, it looks like it might be something they're trying to roll out for 2023. And that's basically this jet spray, hyper spray. They hold it up to the skin and it shoots it in versus using a syringe. So I'm not 100% sure if they use this for COVID yet, but they're definitely working on it, which is weird because we're all supposed to believe that COVID has come to an end. So why are they working on releasing something new for 2023? But when I get back from the break, folks, let me just explain a little bit more about my theory on releasing this stuff in an airborne form because that ties into what we're going to hear about later from dr james giordano folks this is halloween and we need to hear from our government's frankenstein doctors i'll be right back this is dust and gold with the dust and gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dust and gold standard on pain.tv Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold, right here in the present. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks, as you hear, I start to lay out this theory on spreading this disease that Dr. Charles Morgan III says that they can target to kill just one person. And later on, we're going to hear from Dr. James Giordano, who talks about the ability 
to spread a disease through these nanoparticles. And they can basically uh, aerosolize it and turn it into a spray form. They can turn it airborne and they can release it through uh, air conditioning systems and whatever. I mean, it, it is frankly amazing. It's bone chilling, really, to listen to America's government's Frankenstein doctors talking about this stuff openly. Remember, they're speaking in front of uh, two separate audiences, but in front of a room full of 18 to 21 year old cadets. Sometimes you could see the backs of their heads, the sides of their faces when they zoom out here in the video during the lecture. And some of them are like falling asleep. But seriously, I mean, this is creepy stuff. And then they release it out on the internet and let people like you and I analyze it and pick it apart. So, folks, I'm going to go back over here now and we are going to pick back up where I left off in the past folks so we're jumping back in time ready three two one they can also kill everyone over the age of 60 they can kill everyone over the age of 60 who's white they can kill everyone over the age of 60 who's white and who comes from a certain bloodline oh yeah folks they can do it and dr morgan just admitted it right there Again, he's not some pot-smoking 8th grade biology teacher who wishes he was at the level of Dr. Morgan in his career. This guy is a former CIA official and someone who works under government grants who also helps select the top special operators. He's the real deal. This guy is a high-level transhumanist technocrat. And you just listen to him say, they can create something that can kill one person. They also could release a virus that could kill a a select group of people. They also, folks, I hate to say this, but they could cook up a batch of a COVID jab. And within that jab, within the liquid, there could be all types of things in there designed to trigger certain diseases, certain illnesses, certain superhuman powers for certain people that when they inject them, into my arm the effect would be different than on your arm because maybe the the shot that we're all taking the same shot but in there are certain technologies that could target cancer to grow inside of me but maybe inside of you because you're targeted because you're black and i'm white that i get the cancer and you get the stroke that's going to hit you in three months i don't know But if they can target something down to one individual person, then they can develop something that can take out groups of people. That's a scary thought, folks. All right, let's continue. It's how it's done. You put in a specific gene slicing. You program what you like. You put it in the cell, and it can reproduce and make as much as you like. 
For those of you who don't know, your DNA is usually all wrapped up in tight little coils. And so what you're doing is when they create plasmids and put them into cells, it sends a signal and tells which portion of the DNA should unwrap, unfold, and produce a product. Now, this is the future of medicine. Uh, when you look at this technology in medicine and say, this is going to be done to help people, right? We want to be able to give them medicines. We actually want to correct for genetic deficits. If a kid's born with a genetic anomaly, with the CRISPR technology, the feeling is we can create the portion of the gene they're missing and go have it spliced back in. And that may help a child, either if it's in utero development or once they're older, to have the missing substance actively produced. What would you do with this if you were in security and intelligence? Well, you can do a number of things. Okay, now listen carefully here. <clears throat> because he just stated what I always state, right? You think of this technology that it can be used to help people. That it could fix a child and repair some of his illnesses or certain deficiencies he may have. But he says, what can you do with it? What would you do with it if you were in, say, intelligence? And so over here, that's how we try to think, folks. I think of the intelligence people as evil. And so I try to put my mindset into the mind, into the thought process of an evil person. And so... That's what he says. You think of it that it could be used to do all these wonderful things. And that is how they always sell it to the public. Because most people are generally good-natured. Or they at least, at least like to pretend they are. And so they're going to sell it as helping people. As repairing the weak. But what is its purpose from the standpoint of intelligence or military. Really think about that, because this is now coming from a mind of a madman, and this is how I always try to present my case to you. So I try to look at it from someone like him, from his standpoint, and then try to make you think about what's the next step, what are they really going to do with it. And you'll hear Elon Musk and the rest of them always double talk. This is why I call them fork tongue devils. So Morgan is sitting here talking about it openly because he's talking to a room full of West Point military cadets who he obviously believes are on the same wavelength as him, or he is at least training them to be a psychopath like him. I hope you're pausing and writing some of this down so that you can explain to your friends and your family, what our government is up to, what our military is doing, what our former CIA officials are teaching our wonderful cadets at the West Point Military Academy. Oh, you can just kill one person with some disease that we can create specifically targeted to them. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, we will make people believe it's to help children. All right, let's continue with Dr. Charles Morgan III. You could decide if you make this gene, we know that certain people in the world who function at very high altitudes very, very well do it because they had a special mutation in their genome that we don't have because we didn't grow up in the Himalayas. But they can function at very high altitudes. Could you give this to people who are going to have to do war fighting in high altitudes and they don't require extra support? Their body makes a much more efficient use 
and can work under conditions of lower oxygen than the rest of us. You start letting your mind wander. Can it also produce a substance that lets you um, function longer underwater without oxygen? So, but these are run by certain mutations in genes. And with CRISPR, we have the ability to actually make these and see what happens when we give them to animals, non-human or human animals, that don't have it naturally. Yeah, non-human or human animals. So he's talking about now taking these sort of freakish, unique traits that certain people have. I don't know if you had a friend of yours uh, as a kid or something that could hold his breath underwater for seven minutes. And so now maybe you're some elite Navy SEAL uh, but you can't hold your breath for two minutes. So they'll bring you into the lab and they will splice that gene out of that little nerd who's never going to be a Navy SEAL, but he could hold his breath for seven minutes and then they'll splice that gene mutation that that kid had and fuse it into the Navy SEALs system so that he could you know, hold his breath longer. Again, this is all under the guise of creating super soldiers um, to fight, you know, wars more efficiently. But in the end, you know what these guys are trying to achieve, right? They're going to try to take all of these mutations, combine them together, and probably fuse them into themselves to create these superhuman bodies or they're going to fuse it into a baby they build inside of a synthetic womb or grow inside of a synthetic womb and then eventually they're going to take their mind and load it into the baby and then have the third layer this is all the advancement uh the augmentation of the human that they want like ray kurzweil wants and so then they will have the ai hive mind access to all the knowledge beam down into the brain and then all of a sudden all these superhuman mutations that they created inside of their CRISPR program and then wearing some sort of uh, exoskeleton iron man suit yeah this is this is a great future folks Oh, I can't see where this is headed. <laughs> I, sh I should work for this guy. I would sit there and go, okay, yeah, you thought of this. I'm thinking of this. And you're crazy, and we should shut the whole program down. That's what I would be saying. All right, folks. So I'm going to pause it right there for a moment. He gets into the gene splicing here, obviously, but I left that in uh, because it leads into the next part you have to hear about, which is their ability to inject people with a cell, with a stem cell, that allows them to program that cell and trigger it at any point they want to really do anything inside your body they want, folks. So we already learned that they have the ability to target an individual uh, and only kill one single individual with a disease that they create now we're going to learn about their ability to inject one with a stem cell that's programmed that they can trigger at any time they want folks again this is a little special i'm doing showing you what our government frankenstein doctors have admitted have admitted publicly have published on youtube to what they can do with diseases what they can do with uh it's we're going to get into bugs and insects what they could do with neuroscience brain science all right folks we'll be right back this is dust to gold with the dust to gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dust and gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash 
Gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Payne.tv slash gold. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to jump right back in to the September 26th show. I'm Dr. Charles Morgan III. Folks, it's really weird. I'm sitting here. It's not like uh, I chopped this up and put it together. I'm actually sitting in real time watching this as you're listening to it or watching it yourself. It's a little weird listening to myself, but I didn't want to have to just create a whole nother show featuring the same two guys. So I decided to pull these clips together from the two episodes where I already discussed this and put them into one episode for you. And I'm going to come up with a name like Special. Uh, Frank government Frankenstein doctors or something like that I want you to be able to share it so maybe I won't use Frankenstein doctors I'll use a different term in there but I want you to be able to share this with people that are wondering about the possibilities of what the COVID jab and or boosters could have been or are uh, I tend to believe that it wasn't just an accident. I don't think that there was any incompetence going on here. I think it was much more nefarious than most people want to believe. So what I'm going to do is we are going to put this back on and we'll see where it goes, folks. All right. Dustin Golden, the present is leaving. We're going back in time to September 26th. Three, two, one, go. All right, let's continue. You could have the Forrest Gump gene. You guys been tracking. There's a gene that just makes you stronger. I would say that most of this technology is probably going to be employed by a state and not non-state actors because it's quite technical. But I say that with a caveat. When we study the Um Shinrikyo, um, if people remember, they had both uranium mines and regular uh, laboratories where they experimented on both uh, animals and uh, had a whole series of laboratory experiments to develop uh, the uh, different kinds of gases that they wanted. Their goal was to actually mine uranium and probably come up with their own version of a nuclear weapon. But they recruited scientists, PhD-level folks, uh, and their goal was to be the rightful people running the country of Japan. But we can't assume that just because they're non-state actors, they will not um, make use of some technology around this, come up with okay. their own version of a nuclear weapon. Let's back this up for one second. Okay, this is important, actually. It, uh, had a whole series of laboratory experiments to develop uh, the uh, different kinds of gases that they wanted. Their goal was to actually mine uranium and probably come up with their own version of a nuclear weapon. But they recruited scientists, PhD-level folks, uh, and their goal was to be the rightful people running the country of Japan. Okay, so the scientists, PhD-level folks, the rightful people running Japan. That's called a technocracy, okay? That is actually the technocracy, when the scientists and the engineers run the government. And then what happens is they try to control the means of production as well as the means of distribution. So they basically create the work schedules for every citizen or prisoner or slave, however you want to put it. And then they also control the means of distribution of the goods so essentially everything is rationed by the state which is controlled by the scientists and engineers who believe that they can actually streamline society and make it run the most efficient 
Okay, so no one has a say. The scientists and the engineers execute all of the plans. And so that's kind of what we're seeing happening here in the United States, in the West as a whole, and basically around the world. Let's continue. But we can't assume that just because they're non-state actors, they will not um, make use of some technology around this. Related to this is an idea called dreads. These are designer receptors that can be remotely controlled. Okay, so dreads we had mentioned in a previous episode. It's D-R-E-A-D-D-S. Okay, so that's designer receptors exclusively activated by designer drugs. And so up on the screen, he has uh, induced neural bursts, silence neurons, increase on C-AMP. Let's continue. So think about it for a moment. You can create a designer receptor. You can create a cell. You can put it somewhere in the body, and you can remotely activate it when the brain's exposed to the right signal. Okay, okay. Are you hearing this, folks? You create a designer receptor, and you plant this cell inside the body, and then you can activate it when the brain here's a certain signal. Now, many of you have probably been called conspiracy theorists for talking about this. This is uh, the movie Manchurian Candidate with Denzel Washington and Lee Shriver. And Lee Shriver is this Manchurian candidate. Uh, his uh, company of men were taken under control during a war, but then it was actually by the CIA, and the CIA basically ran MK Ultra mind control experiments on them and then programmed them to be activated whenever they want. So you'd be called a conspiracy theorist for talking about this, but Dr. Charles Morgan III is not called a conspiracy theorist. He is called an academic. He is called an employee of the United States government. He is called a government contractor. And he is called, I guess, a futurist because the CIA asked him to create this presentation to predict the future of what was going to happen in our world. Oh, yeah. Let's continue. Using this technology, people have been able to transfer memories from one fruit fly to another by signaling through a, a light stimulus uh, into the retina. Right now, in, in most animals, it's done by putting a substance into their body uh, that will actually activate the neuron in the way that you want it. So you have the capacity to create any product. As long as you know the DNA sequence, you can insert it into a living system, and you can remotely control it. So in medicine, we think about how we do that to help people, how we do to repair deficits. Other people are going to think about how do they do it to expand possibilities. Now, one of the challenges that we have... Okay, now I want to pause this for a second. So that's twice now where Dr. Morgan said, okay, this is how people would think about utilizing X technology in science or in healthcare, right? And he talked about using CRISPR to help cure kids. And now he's talking about uh, how to use this in healthcare to trigger a neuron to do something to help people. And then he goes on to say, um, but how would we use it in intelligence or in military? And so they're talking about, he's talking about expanding capabilities, right? Expanding capabilities. But there's also things you can do it would be the opposite to kill people. So let's see what he says about expanding capabilities, and then I'll explain what I'm 
what I what I'm thinking about. Because like him, I'm always trying to think of what this technology could be utilized for when the evil people have access to it. Is that when you create a cell and you put it in somebody's body, you have to figure out where you want it. What if you want it in their brain, right? If you want it in their brain and you can't figure out, you don't want to do surgery to plant it in their brain. If I want a product produced in your brain that may affect the way you think, the way you act, one route to that is through uh, stem cells. If you're there we go. Stem cells, folks. So aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that we brought up that scumbag Peter Nygaard, right? The big stem cell guy back in 2014 talking about injecting himself with his own stem cells. All right, let's continue. Quick brush up on your biology. Stem cells are cells. They call them God cells. They can turn into anything. They hold the potential, unlike other cells in your body, to become anything you want them to become. And they can go find their home in the body and park there and do the work that you'd like them to do. Okay, so here's the thing I want to bring up quickly. So he's talking about utilizing that technology um, to augment and to expand, uh, let's say, a person. But what if they wanted to put a cell inside your body via, I don't know, a jab and then later trigger that cell via a signal that the brain receives as he said they could do so let's say you have this implanted in your body and what it's going to do is it's going to trigger cancer to start growing in your lungs when it hears a certain signal and so I don't know, you get an Amber Alert on your phone from the government, and it goes, bleep, 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 or bing, bing, or something like that. And let's say that was the trigger. And the next thing you know, you've got cancer. I don't know. I'm just throwing out the possibilities from my point of view. When I try to get into the mindset of a psychopath, and he shows me, the psychopath shows me the technology, and then he starts publicly brainstorming about some of the ideas he has, although you know he gets paid to sit in a room and do this all day long, so you're not hearing all the things he really came up with. But he did slip and say, we can develop this disease that could just kill one person in the whole world, somebody we target. Think about the possibilities of what they could have done with, say, the jab that we at least know now wasn't stopping anybody from getting COVID because about 98% of the people I know that are jabbed and most are boosted have now gotten COVID. And yes, they'll say, well, it's a different strand. Oh, it's a different variant. It's a different this. It's a different that. Well, wait a second. I thought this guy gets paid to sit around and think about crazy, evil technology. What kind of a fantastic job is that, folks? You know what kind it is? It's government. Government job. Fantastic. Just sit around and think about how to hack and kill people all day. 
Okay, folks, this is Dustin in the present here. When you heard that little cut, that was when I had to go to a commercial break uh, back then. But it's very interesting because the point at which we're at here, I had not yet heard what Dr. Morgan was talking about at the end of the lecture, which was the ability to control people in their sleep and such. And so I told people I would get that smartphone out of your bedroom when you're sleeping at night who knows what the hell these people are beaming into your heads they could do this via the alexa they could do it through google nest they could do it through all the smart products we reviewed that people are putting in their children's nurseries and around their homes and so if you can use a sound wave to trigger a signal in the brain of which i have done additional research i have not put it into a show yet because i'm still working on it they have the ability to do that so since i did this show i've done additional research on the technologies that dr charles morgan the third is talking about and folks the possibilities are really endless when we get back more from dr charles morgan the third ladies and gentlemen i am dustin gold with the dustin gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold right here on the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. Yeah, folks, this is a bit strange listening to myself speak it's weird uh but i thought it was really important to put this together and the whole point of this is to bring charles morgan iii into the same show with james giordano without having to reanalyze everything they're talking about so let's pick right back up over here with dr charles morgan iii well that's fun that is fun let's continue with dr morgan all right Let's see what he you has. You can infuse them, and they will find their way into the brain. So once you know that the technology is there to edit, splice, and program a cell, and the technology currently exists to administer it to somebody and have it go park anywhere you program it to go park, proliferate, and do its function, you can have things activated in other people's brains. Up on the screen, he has a bulleted list that says cells can be designed for specific activities and targets cells can be strategically placed cells can be remotely controlled and let's continue these three key points hopefully you can see it opens up a number of both alarming and exciting possibilities alarming and exciting see i told you This is what Peter Thiel said in 2008 at the Singularity Conference, that this singularity will either bring a boom of investment opportunities or a boom that can destroy the world. And singularity, as you know, is the merger of man and machine. And so once you start merging man with machine, once you start genetically modifying DNA splicing, and playing around with all of this biology and chemistry and merging man in with actual artificial intelligence and machine, it's over, folks. He says there are exciting things and there are scary things. Well, the things that he says are exciting are actually scary. 
But the most devious of things, I don't believe they talk about publicly. All right, folks. So this is Dustin in the present here, ladies and gentlemen. And so now what we are going to do is I am going to move on to the James Giordano piece, which was from episode October 22nd. All right. So right now what we've gathered out of the um, episode we just listened to is the government's ability to design a disease that is targeted to kill just one person. And we make the case, and I've done additional research on this, that they can then create a disease targeted to kill multiple people based on different DNA profiles, uh, DNA traits that are similar. So we have that, okay? And then we have the ability for these folks to inject a cell or a stem cell, uh, into your body, have that program to go anywhere inside of the body, store there in the body, and then they can trigger the brain via a signal, say like a sound wave. I've done some research on this, and they can trigger that at any point to then do whatever it's supposed to do. Remember, he said stem cells are God cells, and they can make them become anything they want. So I pose this theory that they could inject you with a stem cell that is then programmed to travel to your brain, for instance, and then they could trigger that at any point, a year, two years, three years later with a sound wave, and then it will start to grow cancer inside of your brain, or it will give you a stroke, whatever it is. It doesn't really matter. The technology is there. The ability to deliver that inside of your body is there, and then you couple that with this other thing he talks about, a disease targeted to kill a single person based on essentially their DNA profile. So now what we're going to do is we're going to get into the October 22nd episode featuring Dr. James Giordano also speaking to the Modern War Institute at the West Point Military Academy, folks. And when you hear now you have Dr. Morgan, what he's talking about, you're going to combine this in with James Giordano is talking about, and you're going to see that the government could do some pretty scary stuff, ladies and gentlemen. I'm talking freaky, folks. Freaky. All right, so right now I'm going to pull this up. We're going to go back in time to October 22nd in three, two, one, let's go. This dimension of the field has accelerated as a consequence of increased understanding of the brain and increased capability to develop tools and techniques to access and affect the brain. Okay, so now what he's talking about is no longer on the side of, uh, let's say, utilizing this neurosciences, brain science, the drugs, the implantable brain chips, the stimulation helmets, to build a cyborg soldier for your team, for your side, he's now going to talk about how to use some of this neuroscience, his brain science, to hack the mind of the enemy. So in this particular case, I say the enemy is us, me and you. Not North Korea, not Russia, not China. Me and you. The people who stand up, who speak out against the state, against government, we are the enemy. So let's see what he's talking about he can do to the enemy. So what are we seeing here? Well, take a look. We see enclosed neuropharmaceuticals and organic toxins. What's new about this is the enclosed nature of this. Increasingly, we're not seeing these things as weapons of mass destruction against gross aspects of the population 
Although, certainly, many neuroweapons such as sarin gas and VX and other forms of neurotoxic agents can be leveraged against large groups of people, but that's messy. More specifically, perhaps, might be targeting individuals on a level that allows either direct attribution or covert engagement with non-attribution. Let me give you an example of what I mean. Okay, so he's going to talk about now, if you, if you uh, missed that and didn't pick it up, because he's using his uh, sort of his um, trickery there. But he's talking about you can take some of these drugs, uh, some of these bioweapons, and dump them on a whole city of people and just kill everybody, but it's messy. And now he's going to talk about the ability to target an individual or group of people utilizing these bioweapons. Let's continue. So this gentleman is the leader of some group, a political group, a social group, a combative group, and under the veil of a white flag, he and I are now to have some kind of a caucus, a meeting. And during that meeting, what I do is I lace the rim of his drink, or his pen, or his seat, or something in his immediate environment with very, very low-dose drug or toxins that are going to affect his stability. They may affect the way his brain works, and as a consequence of that, they can affect the functions of his brain. All right, so uh, let me just tell you, I mean, not that this really matters. We're dealing with monsters here. But the example that he chooses to give, uh, that Dr. James Giordano chooses to give, is that you or him, he is meeting with his enemy under the banner of a white flag, meaning the person is willing to sit down and have a discussion. And yet he is going to slip him some kind of poison. Okay. Well, think about all of us in the form of an enemy. They meet you under the banner of a white flag to be tested, to get antibodies. I don't know. To get your hydrochloroquine, whatever it may be, your jab, your vaccine, under the cover of the banner of the white flag, the white flag of the doctors and nurses, and while you're there, they slip you a poison. I'm just laying out another example, folks. I'm not saying they poisoned you. All right, I roll that back. Just listen to it one more time. Engage with non-attribution. Let me give you an example of what I mean. So this gentleman is the leader of some group, a political group, a social group, a combative group, and under the veil of a white flag, he and I are now to have some kind of a caucus, a meeting. And during that meeting, what I do is I lace the rim of his drink, or his pen, or his seat, or something in his immediate environment with very, very low-dose drug or toxins that are going to affect his stability. They may affect the way his brain works, and as a consequence of that, they can affect the functions of his brain, his thought patterns, his relative emotionality, and the behaviors that go along with that. One of two things might happen. He might be completely incapacitated as a consequence of this, or he may change his level of capacity and engagement so that he went into the meeting thinking, I hate this guy, this guy's my enemy. He walks out of the meeting going, I love this guy, this guy's great. Now what could happen if in fact this is a gentleman who has charismatic, financial, elected, or dictatorial power, it may be that his followers will then follow him blindly. He came into the meeting as a leader of those followers who were bellicose, who were volatile, who were violent and aggressive. He comes out of the meeting, he tells them to change their behaviors, and they do. Or I could sever the trust. By now, he leaves this, this meeting, he's espousing a very different philosophical stance and orientation, and his followers no longer adhere to his precepts, his tenets, or his lead, 
and I fractured the relative arrangement of trust, engagement, capability that he fostered. Now listen to me. Listen to me because this is important. You've heard me talk about President Trump before, okay? And I know on this show, at least the people that came over from Payne.tv, who uh, joined us over at Payne.tv slash gold, the people who have been listening to the Thomas Payne podcast the last couple of years, who maybe followed truepundit.com, Mike's previous website that he built up uh, starting back during the Trump campaign of 2015 and so you know my thoughts on president trump and i'm not saying this is the case okay i'm not saying that president trump was ever on our side i don't know if he was ever on his side we don't know who is actually on our side and against us you don't know what people really hold inside their hearts at the end of the day i try to give you bits and pieces of my life my history where i came from what got me involved with politics my upbringing who my father was the things that shaped me in my worldview and that helps me build trust with you and hopefully you end up trusting me to vet this information you trust my opinion my analysis so you never really know though what's in someone's heart i don't know if president trump ever cared i don't know if he was just a narcissist i don't know if he was on board with the bad guys and his job was to screw us over from the beginning he was just a trojan horse i don't know there were stories that the generals came to him and told him he was going to save america maybe that happened but maybe they were actually playing him maybe he was actually a useful idiot and they came to him and they said we're going to save you but the generals maybe general flynn was actually a spy there to set trump up get him in it was never supposed to be hillary it was going to be trump and then they used trump and they manipulated him the entire presidency to the point in which he was then stuck with covid 19 they got him to go out there they got him to promote the vaccine maybe all against his will maybe i don't know maybe they drugged him maybe he is not acting as the trump that he was before not saying that trump was ever our friend or he was ever a hundred percent transparent or honest he could have just been someone who was an opportunist and so these generals these spooks these intelligence agents people that are trained by people like james giordano charles morgan the third dr peter emmanuel you know maybe they manipulated him brought him in and he was a useful idiot but there were times throughout president trump's presidency again i'm not saying he's a good guy because of this but i am saying there were times throughout his presidency and i studied him to the t the first two years he was in office actually the year leading up to it and then the first two because i had that comedy business i've told you about and i used to do a trump impression and so i studied him all the time i would go on podcasts dressed up like him or do voices of him and i saw him change and i saw times where president trump came out and he seemed to be completely different than he was 20 minutes ago or 30 minutes ago he would change his mind on issues float back and forth and now you have someone like dr james giordano very influential wields power with this in uh, within this intelligence science neurotech community he sits on boards committees works with darpa works with different government agencies how do you know a guy like him or dr charles morgan the third didn't develop some sort of drug that they slipped to someone like let's say let's just say it was president trump it would be very easy to do obviously they bring him his food it's just some spook 
embedded in the Secret Service, which is what? Just a bunch of spooks anyway. And so they bring him a drink. He doesn't drink, oh, does he drink Diet Coke or something or Coke? They bring him a drink and it's in there. And before you know it, they get him to change and twist and turn and manipulate him. So I'm just showing you how easily this could be done. At the same time, folks, at the same time, they're about to roll out mind-altering drugs. They already have them. I mean, the big pharmaceutical drugs like Adderall are mind-altering drugs. But now they're going to load it up with even worse mind-altering drugs, the psychedelics like ketamine, psilocybin, and the rest of that stuff that they're about to roll out on the masses. And so we covered that for a reason because now you're hearing Dr. James Giordano confirm this stuff, how they are playing with and manipulating the minds of our soldiers and our supposed enemies. When at the end of the day, folks, I'm telling you, we are the enemy. There is no reason to believe that this government loves us in any way whatsoever ever they hold you up at gunpoint every april 15th and take your money if you're someone who works hard they take your money from you with the threat of taking away your property taking your bank account making you homeless throwing you out on the street with your kids and your wife or your husband or whatever it may be this government does not love you and now you have one of the mad scientists admitting to so much of the stuff that we talked about here that was my opinion here is all coming to fruition through the words of dr james giordano and then on top of it he's talking about drugging their enemies i mean this is outrageous stuff folks all right ladies and gentlemen this is dustin gold in the present so what we're going to do now is we're going to take a quick break i i really didn't have anything to interject with which is why i did not do it i just let myself blab away over there but there's some important points and so folks i left that in because it's going to get to the next phase and a lot of that stuff can be utilized against us i've made the point in episodes after that one why are we so docile why don't we stand up and fight back against the government folks and maybe it's because we're all drugged who really knows what these guys could do between the mk ultra mind control experiments the psychedelics and the virtual reality and augmented reality glasses that they're rolling out today i mean all this stuff fits in together but again folks i wanted to get these two guys together in one episode so when i get back we're going to continue with dr james giordano wait until you hear the other stuff that he talks about the possibilities and when we combine those together with what dr charles morgan the third talked about we'll have a short discussion at the end of this episode about the two sets of technologies these two frankenstein doctors bring up to the west point military academy ladies and gentlemen i am dustin gold with the dustin gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Payne. TV slash gold. All right, folks, I don't want to waste any time because this episode is actually going to run a lot longer than I thought it was going to run. 
but I am going to finish all this up. This is going to get done in one episode, and hopefully it will answer some of the questions that you folks have been sending over to me. So I'm going to play this right now. Fractured the relative arrangement of trust, engagement, capability that he fostered. Okay, so what he is talking about there, if you did not listen yesterday, he set up a scenario in which he goes into a room with an enemy, an adversary, who he negotiates a meeting with under the veil of a white flag. Okay, so this guy is coming to him ready to negotiate, and the fine Dr. James Giordano, because he is such an upstanding citizen, he slips this guy a drug, his adversary a drug, someone there to negotiate, he slips him a drug, and he says he can wire that drug to either make this guy walk out of the room and tell his followers that he loves Dr. James Giordano, although he went into the meeting hating him, or he can make that drug where the guy comes out and he doesn't make any sense, and therefore his followers no longer trust him. Leaving that population disrupted and vulnerable to intervention to a coup d'etat, to a junta, to some type of insertive reassumption of leadership. You see how this can work? Furthermore, I can use this very tactically. So, so again, now he's talking about setting this guy up so that his followers no longer adhere to, um, to him because James Giordano uh, drugged him. Uh, and made him act outside of his character, and now that will set up an coup d'etat. And I mentioned yesterday, again, I'm not protecting Donald Trump or praising Donald Trump, but I was saying, imagine if that was the situation that occurred with someone like Donald Trump when he would walk out to a press conference and he would look confused or look like he was rambling. How do we know they aren't doing this? Not that Joe Biden is a good guy, but this could be done to Joe Biden, or they could have done this to the masses. All right, how do you know the people who got tested, the people who got vaxxed, the people who got jabbed, whatever? How do you know that those people didn't get introduced with some sort of chemical that made them love their captor, love the government, instead of revolting against it? Let's continue. Some of these agents allow me to assemble the agent on site and not have to stockpile it, which allows me to take the components of this agent into and out of a country relatively covertly, target a specific individual, change or eliminate that individual with very little attribution and trace and be able to leave prior to any attribution. Change or eliminate that individual. So now he's talking about assassinating an individual using one of these drugs. Again, this is about the novel neuroweapons. He's talking about drugs and bugs. Let's continue. Think Novichok. Or I could assemble very small quantities of this that would then allow a specific intervention Characteristically, in a place that would not allow such an intervention, think of the use of a derivative of VX in an airport. But I could do more than that. I could also incur much broader type of ripple effects. And one of the ways I could also do that is with what's called high morbidity neuromicrobiologic agents. It's a real fancy way of saying neurobugs. But high morbidity neurobugs. I may not want to kill a lot of people. In fact, arguably, I may assume what is sometimes referred to as the Sailor Malin mantra. For those of you who may be fans or students of military history, you may remember that Sailor Malin, Wing Commander Sailor Malin, was a South African who flew with the Royal Air Force during the Second World War. 
and he became well-known during the Battle of Britain for shooting up German airplanes but letting them limp home, particularly bomber aircraft. And they would ask Seller Malin, oh, Wing Commander, why didn't you shoot that plane down? And his adage was simple. Better to have that plane return home with wounded crew who are spitting up their lungs, one dead crewman that they had to attend to and therefore divert their missional capability while in flight, then shoot them down because the psychological effect will be rippling and devastating. This is sometimes referred to as the Malin effect. What can I do? I can use a particular bug that I may be able to now modify through the use of gene editing technique that is ubiquitously available and fairly easy to use to take a bug that was previously relatively benign and non-pathogenic and make that bug virulent, pathogenic, dangerous. And then what could I do? I could introduce that bug in key sites. Des Moines, Seattle, Tampa, Newark, Houston. I get a few people sick. I do it on an airplane, do it at an airport, do it at a sporting event, do it on Black Friday. And then what I would do is I would take credit for that, but I'd want to make sure that at least part of the symptomatic constellation was not only neurological, it was profoundly psychological. Agitation, debilitation, sweating, stomach problems, sleeplessness, cardiac problems, things that are very what we call top-down neurological in their effect, brain-to-body and body-to-brain in the bottom-up cascade. Then what I would do is I would get on the internet, and I would put out over the internet, I did it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that was not, in fact, Dr. Seuss. That was Dr. James Giordano. And did you not hear what he just said? The ability to genetically modify a fairly harmless bug and to spread the bug around city to city to city, not just to get people sick, but to make them have all types of very painful symptoms that would create a psychological effect and then get out there and announce that you actually did it. Well, we know that Bill Gates and others mess around with mosquitoes, and then they brag about it out in the public that they are messing around with mosquitoes. You say, well, how else could they do this? How else could they have a psychological effect on the populace? Well, I don't know. You have a madman like Dr. James Giordano give a speech like this, talking about torturing people, manipulating their minds, uh, killing them, making them sick. And then you release it on the internet as a speech to the Modern War Institute at West Point Military Academy, and you let everyone out there watch it, and then let people like me analyze it and go, wow, this government is crazy and it's sick, and look what they could do. Maybe this guy is running a psychological operation on us. Maybe that's what this is all about. Well, it's working, folks, because seriously, the fact that this guy is sitting here and talking to a room full of cadets about this and they let this get out online is insane. But it gives us a high level of intelligence, at least to what these people are admitting to. And as I told you, time and time again, MK Ultra did not end. None of this ended. Our country is horrible. These are the doctors, the scientists. The Frankenstein doctors that they allow to come up with this crazy stuff. And it makes you wonder what they did to us over the last two and a half years. Seriously. Because even though most places are reopened, and I don't know. It just doesn't feel the same. 
It feels like we are in this new normal. We are in the process of building back better, whatever better is. All right, I backed this up 10 seconds. Let's let this go because this stuff is fascinating. He's talking about literally making everyone sick in all of these different cities. And again, this is back in 2018. So you wonder if someone like Dr. James Giordano got a seat at the table uh, after putting a speech like this together and they said, hey, good doctor, come in here. We need you. We're going to roll out COVID land, the high school theater production. What do you got for us, sir? All right, here we go. Brain to body and body to brain in the bottom up cascade. Then what I would do is I would get on the internet and I would put out over the internet, I did it. Oh, yes, I'm that dangerous G group that you should all be afraid of. And in fact, this is far more ubiquitous than I let on. These are only the first cases. I've let these buggies go all over the country. And your early warning signs are agitation, anxiety, worry, sleeplessness, stomach problems, heart problems. What have I done? All right, let's pause there for a second, folks. And listen, I am not saying this is the case. I'm just putting this in context for you with what has happened, what has occurred over the last couple of years as everyone is looking for answers. Well, he just said, we just list all these symptoms and we throw them out there. Well, what happened during COVID land, the high school theater production? I had friends of mine, people that would say to me, oh, but I lost my sense of taste. I lost my sense of smell. You know what, folks? That happens to me pretty much every year right around now. This cold that I have, yeah, I can't taste things very well when I eat them because your nose is full of snot. And so when people would say that to me, I'm like, listen, think back, get your head out of COVID land. You have gotten a cold at the beginning of every winter season for your whole life. Many people I know get allergies during the spring, okay? So they took all these symptoms that were part of the cold, part of the flu, and they promoted them. They turned them into propaganda. They weaponized them, and they got everybody and their mother thinking that they had COVID, and they ran down, and they let the government shove Q-tips up into their brains, and eventually lined up to let the government stick them with a needle, and then threw on masks, and stopped in the middle of the grocery store, and rubbed down with every single one of the hand sanitizer dispensers they saw, and took a shower in the middle of the aisles. I sat there and laughed my ass off back when this was happening in the first couple of weeks of COVID. And I said, well, if I was the bad guy, if I was China and I released a virus, or if I was the United States government and I was the one who concocted this, I would poison the inside of the masks. I would poison the hand sanitizer, of which we found out later some of that stuff did have poison in it. And I would scare the crap out of people that way and get them to use all these devices that were in fact poison and might be spreading an actual virus that they created. And all right, folks, let me pause that for one second. This is Dustin in the present here. Okay, a few of you wrote me saying, no, I really did lose my smell and taste. All right, I completely understand that. I know people that did too. I'm not saying that COVID or whatever it is they released was not real and may not have taken away the sense of smell or taste from you over you know, five days, 10 days, 20 days, whatever that may be. What I'm saying saying is 
if you take the words of James Giordano, they may have concocted some sort of disease that could do just that in part take away the sense of smell. But when you amplify this stuff through propaganda, when you run it through this psychological warfare campaign of which he is talking about coupling with the release of the disease itself, then you have everyone else who does not have COVID or whatever the hell they released on people, but just have a regular cold or have the flu that they normally get or allergies, but because they hear the symptoms of COVID through the propaganda machine, you know, a fever, nausea, this, that, smell, taste, then they're running to their doctors. As in, and as Giordano is talking about, is that this would force the medical system you know, the hospital system to be overwhelmed and collapse the medical system, which is exactly what we saw happening in real life. Whether it really collapsed or not, who knows? But it was that coupled with the propaganda coming out of the media. So this is release of, say, a bioweapon combined with psychological warfare gets people to run to the doctor, run to the hospital for any little bit of a sniffle they get or a sneeze or a cough and then that opened the door to introduce things into their body whether that be hydrochloroquine remdesivir whether that be uh, uh antibodies whether that be a covid tested to the nose whether that be a jab whether that be a booster whether that be the mask whether that be hand sanitizer whatever it is folks it opened the door to getting more people that maybe weren't even in sick or uh, sick or infected with COVID or whatever the hell this thing was to agree to allow the government to have access to their body, in which case then you could introduce things like the disease designed to kill people based on their DNA profile that Dr. Charles Morgan III talked about, or inject this stem cell that sits in their body and is waiting to be triggered like Morgan talked about, or the ability to introduce a low-dose drug into the body of a person and make them docile, or to actually eliminate them as Giordano said or so 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 that's what could happen you could utilize these gene modified bugs or insects to end up spreading around a disease that has symptoms that then you amplify through propaganda media and then you get everyone even the people not infected to be afraid the worried well as James Giordano puts it to run to their doctor and then you're more willing to allow the government access to your body folks i'm going to take a quick break i'll be right back we're going to finish this up in two segments ladies and gentlemen i am dustin gold with the dustin gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold
You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to Pain.tv slash gold. All right, folks, 2018 lecture by James Giordano. I analyzed it on October 22nd. I'm going to pull it right back up, and we are jumping right back into this, folks. Here we go. Three, two, one, go back in the time machine. So this guy is literally telling you this is one of their weapons of war, and it has to do with uh, neuroscience, brain science, because part of this has to do with the psychological operation coupled with the actual genetic modification of these bugs to get people sick, but then it's, it's tied into the psychological operation. All right, let's continue. I've rippled the sheets of the worried well. At first blush, I get every hypochondriac running to their physician, but at second and third blush, I get those individuals who begin to become worried that they may have been exposed to this. That the- Pause right there. What did he just say? He gets every hypochondriac to run to their physician. Well, that's what happened during COVID land. Every germaphobe was freaking out, and then they turned a bunch of people into germaphobes. And think about the other psychological operation that ran. Every single person who stood by, let's say, Trump, or let's say Ron DeSantis, or let's say Greg Abbott, the governors of Texas and Florida, and they got those people suffering from Stockholm Syndrome, which was every governor who would just slightly put the boot on your neck or put the boot on your neck and then lift it up for a day, they would run to them as a hero. So they were praising and worshiping the people that were torturing them. And so that is a major psychological operation. Look at people today that still defend Donald Trump. And if you're one of them, fine. But Donald Trump goes out there and he still says, my vaccine, the greatest vaccine, the beautiful vaccine. Without me, we wouldn't have created the vaccine. He literally is telling you this while at the same time you believe that people are dropping dead or getting cancer because of it yet you still praise him and support him and come up with these mental gymnastics to sit there and say well he didn't mandate it and force it he just is telling people he agrees with it so if it's poison and it's killing people how is he not responsible well that's part of the psychological operation that's the stockholm syndrome so this guy is explaining exactly what occurred over the last two and a half years let's continue children may have been exposed to this that their loved ones their kin their kids may have been exposed to this of course The physicians, the CDC, the public health service comes back and says, no, no, that's not what's going on. But I get back on the Internet and I say, oh, don't you listen to that. That's fake. That's false. Your government knows what's going on. They can't do anything about it and they can't treat you. They're going to end up quarantining you. How many people would I need to affect? Think about that, folks, talking about quarantining, talking about the government not being able to protect you. This could have been an operation run by our very government. Come on. Either that, either that, if you want to believe it was China that did this, then uh, China might have watched this speech that we're watching. And they said, thank you for the intelligence, Dr. James Giordano. 
and then you'd ask yourself why something that appears to uh that it should have been classified why this speech is even out in the public folks while everything else in this country is classified for the sake of national security we can't know about half the stuff our government is doing because of national security but this speech gets out there i'm going to actually cut this clip i think and put it out uh just as like a five or ten minute uh thing with a quick explanation analysis uh on the dust and gold standard podcast channel so you can share that with your friends and family because uh that is pretty damning ladies and gentlemen all right let's continue we modeled it somewhere between 12 and 240 what would be the effect hang on folks within 41 to 45 days we would crash the united states public health system crash it in so doing I render the United States infrastructure vulnerable, either there or elsewhere. See the ripple effect? See the disruptive effect? I can disrupt an individual from the level of their cell to their system and disrupt individuals on a variety of levels from individuals all the way up to the social fabric. And that social fabric may go even further. It may be geopolitical. I need you to think just for a moment, if you could, why would it be of any value at all to affect disrupt and disable individuals who are U.S. Embassy personnel in Havana. When did it happen? What was happening? What would be the benefit in fracturing a growing economic, political, and social trust in that part of the world? Who would benefit? What would be the long-term effects, for example, of at least indicating that U.S. Embassy personnel and Foreign Service personnel are vulnerable to these types of threats? Could you, in fact, pair the threat with some type of condition stimulus? So now what you're able to do is to evoke a response in the worried well. I only offer possible suggestions for your speculation and your uh, consideration, if you will. Right, and that is what I do, folks. I'm only offering you, I'm only offering you possible uh, situation so that you can speculate on these matters that maybe Dr. James Giordano is talking about wargaming, real-time think tanking, how a COVID land high school theater production would take place, folks. You just want to go back to your dormitory room and have a beer after listening to Dr. Death over here tell you about uh, how he's planning to orchestrate a COVID land the high school theater production but there it is these are the type of people that our government employs the state employs to come up with schemes like that folks unbelievable stuff all right listen if you have not left a review at apple podcast five stars plus a comment i would appreciate that very much Folks, it helps us grow. The show is growing every day. I'm really, really happy with that. Eventually, I'll lay out some additional plans where um, I'm trying to get this show to go to for what reasons, and I'll explain it. I'm pretty trans. I'm a pretty transparent guy. Um, you know, in order to make this show work, I've got to get to a certain level. I prefer to be doing this rather than utilizing my skills to basically sit around and do nothing. I'd rather be sharing this information with folks out there. So I'll get to that probably next week, lay out some of the battle plans, explain what we're doing, where we're going with this, and um, and then we'll see how you guys can help with that, folks. All right, but just leave me a Apple Podcast review for now. That really does help us. And if you want to, jump over to pain.tv slash 
slash gold and join us for the ad-free video version of this podcast and the ability to comment and talk with other people that are listening to this show, as well as the people from the Thomas Paniac community, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's continue with Dr. James Giordano. We can even go further. One of the newest developments is that nanoparticulate matter can be stabilized for distribution. If you're not aware of what nanoparticulate matter is, it's that matter which exists on a scale of 1 times 10 to the minus ninth. Very, very small. Smaller than a cell. And we can- 1 times 10 to the minus ninth, ladies and gentlemen. We manufacture materials that have discrete properties that can be controlled by virtue of bioengineering and their physical chemistry. To auto-aggregate, to be able to aggregate in particular areas based upon their biological and or chemical sensitivity. But now we go one step further. Most recently, just a few weeks ago, it was announced that you could then aerosolize nanomaterials. And go one step further, I can create small robotic units, controllable robotic units at the nanoscale, and that these two can be aerosolized to create a nanoswarm of biopenetrable materials that you cannot see, that can penetrate all but the most robust biochemical filters, that are able to integrate themselves through a variety of membranes, mucous membranes, and wherever, mouth, nose, ears, eyes, can be then uptaken into the vascular system to create clumping, can affect the vascular system of the brain, or can directly diffuse into the brain space, and these can be weaponized. Okay, did you gather all that, folks? Now, to me, I've listened to this before. I'm aware of this type of technology. Dr. Charles Morgan III talked about some of this technology in front of the West Point Academy as well. Okay, so I'm familiar with this. If you've been listening to the show, you're familiar with this. But if you're new to the show, uh, or you're really paying attention right now, you're hyper-focused on Dr. James Giordano, you probably just crapped your pants, folks. Because this stuff is incredible, what he's talking about. Uh, Turning these nanoparticles that can turn into a swarm, into aerosols, they can penetrate uh, filtration systems, and they could go up into your nose. Uh, Imagine combining, so the last piece he was talking about was in the form of creating these bugs and releasing these bugs that would cause a sickness. But imagine taking the nanoparticles, Excuse me. Excuse me, folks. Imagine taking the nanoparticles and putting into use something like he was talking about before that they spread through the bugs, right? So now you're creating a sickness inside of people. You combine that with the psychological warfare operation. I mean, this is damning stuff, ladies and gentlemen. This is a government official here talking to the Modern War Institute. Modern War. And remember, he started off talking about the brain being the 21st century battlescape, right? The battle for the brain. And a lot of this he's talking about is combining the scientific uh, forms of war with the psychological operations that come from it. Let me just play that piece one more time. All right, folks, this is Dustin Gold in the present, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you are enjoying this. We are almost done, but you have to hear the rest of what Dr. uh, Giordano talks about. And then I'm going to come back into the present, and I'm going to 
wrap up sort of summarize what we covered because this is going to lead us into a new discussion something that i found a couple of weeks ago and i just haven't had the time to weave it back in to the show but we are going to complete the um analysis of giordano's speech that all this stuff comes from and then i'm going to get into a new piece that i found where giordano actually talks about covid 19 in april 2020 remember all of this is from 2018 folks we'll be right back this is dust and gold with the dust and gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dust and gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. You are listening to Pain.tv slash gold. And this is the Dustin Gold Standard, ladies and gentlemen. All right, folks, this is very important stuff, and I hope you do share this podcast episode with folks all right people that are still concerned about covid land the high school theater production how we got here what we think might be going on look we can all take guesses but now we're listening to two high level frankenstein doctors coming out of the department of defense back in 2018 describing some very sinister technologies that they have been working on inside of the government. And it's pretty scary when you put this stuff up against what has happened to us over the last two and a half years, folks. Is it not? Is it not? So please share this with folks out there. I know this was a little rough. We put it together on the fly. The way I had to cut up the video with the commercial breaks and stuff from the past, I think it worked out fairly well, though. And hopefully this sparks a larger discussion and more people will start to realize what may or may not have happened. Now, I understand, and I'll address this later, There could be other things that were inside the vaccine, nanobots and such. Oh, yeah, I think there could be a whole host of things, as I've explained on multiple episodes. Just because a vial says Moderna or says Johnson & Johnson or Pfizer, it doesn't mean that every vial that was disseminated has the same exact ingredients inside it, folks. It could be a whole host of things. All right, we're going to continue with this. I'm going back in time to October 22nd in 3, 2, 1. Let's go. From it, Let me just play that piece one more time for you. Recently, just a few weeks ago, it was announced that you could then aerosolize nanomaterials and go one step further, I can create small robotic units, controllable robotic units at the nanoscale, and that these two can be aerosolized to create a nanoswarm of biopenetrable materials that you cannot see, that can penetrate all but the most robust biochemical filters, that are able to integrate themselves through a variety of membranes, mucous membranes, and wherever, mouth, nose, ears, eyes, can be then uptaken into the vascular system to create clumping, can affect the vascular system of the brain or can directly diffuse into the brain space, and these can be weaponized. And they can be done in such a level 
that their presence is almost impossible to detect, and as such, the attribution becomes exceedingly difficult to demonstrate. How much of this material would I need? Take a look. This is the front of my pen. This amount of nanomaterial, if be able to maintain and sustain with regard to its deliverability and aerosolization, could in fact affect all of you, or based upon where I come from, New York City, all yous. Look at this. Look at this. I'm carrying that material. Would you see it? Would I have to lug a giant weapon into the room? No, I wouldn't. And what if, in fact, I utilized some form of an unmanned aerial device or unmanned ground device as a delivery vehicle? Something like a drone or a bug. Could I do something with that? But let's keep going. Could I also utilize a whole host of devices to be able to affect individuals close in, for example, during interrogations, during social engagements, during human terrain team engagements, or more remotely, in a room, in a theater, in an airplane, in a bus, in a store, in a mall? The answer is increasingly yes. Unbelievable stuff, is it not, folks? I mean, he's sitting there now. I, I, I didn't even bust in because he slowed down a little. It's a little easier to understand them now. But uh, pretty amazing that he's sitting there in front of this room full of cadets and he's explaining this. So up on the screen now, and uh, for those of you in the audio-only audience, they keep going back and forth between a shot of him, of Dr. James Giordano, and then a shot of his PowerPoint presentation. So up on the screen now, he has challenges and opportunities. Relative facility of neuroscience technology, off-the-shelf, dedicated efforts, nations and independent actors, and then recognition of viability of use, variety of applications, and then lack of commitment to neuroscience technology, RDT, does not preclude others. RDT initiatives may augment it, difficulty of global surety. So let's continue with this, but let this stuff absorb, let it sink in, because you should understand, again, put this in context, this is in a, a, a government mad scientist and I told you in the beginning, try to look at this from the lens of him talking about you and I as the enemy. If we truly believe, no matter what side of the uh, so-called aisle you came from, you always hated the government. The left complained about the government. The right complained about the government. Trump people complained about the government. Antifa complained about the government. BLM complained about the government. If you hate Joe Biden, you're complaining about the government. If you hate Donald Trump, you're complaining about the government. So we all complain about the government. So if you look at the government as your enemy, the government sure as hell looks at you as their enemy. And everything we've seen them do to us over the last two and a half years would lead you to believe that the government is your enemy. So when Dr. James Giordano is talking about these methods and these practices and this modern form of warfare, look at it as if he is talking about you as the enemy and the adversary, and he is part of the team of elites, the social engineers, the prison planet wardens, the agent smiths in the matrix. That's his team. Transhumanist technocrats, that is his team. We are part of the adversary. We are the enemy. All right, let's continue. So this then represents for us both a challenge and an opportunity. The challenge is that increasingly what we find is that neuroscience and technology is relatively easy to obtain. Many of the things that I've just spoken to you about are viable and obtainable 
directly to the consumer or directly to the scientist. We also know that many of the products that are available direct to consumer can be easily modified to create things that have a much higher weaponization potential. But more than that, we also recognize that there are dedicated efforts on the part of nation states and even groups of non-state actors and increasingly virtual nations that are using virtual currencies to fund research efforts in these areas. I'd like to think that I'm a smart guy talking to a bunch of very intelligent individuals, but let's face it, we're not the only smart people in the world. And if we're thinking this way, there are plenty of other people who are thinking this way too. Some of them are our allies, some of them may be our competitors, and some of them are combatants and hostiles. And yeah, combatants and hostiles. Okay, so he just said he's not the only crazy bastard that's thinking about this stuff. Other people are. Some are allies, some are, um, you know, they're foes, and some are combatants. That would be us. He's talking about us. And when he talked about these virtual states using virtual currency to fund research into this technology, I am a strong believer, okay, that when you listen to Yuval Noah Harari speak, he is speaking to the elites, the people that he perceives to be on his team, the haves, the social engineering class, the technocrats, the transhumanists. He is speaking to them, the people who are seeking out immortality and God status, okay? I think that is clear. He's not speaking to you or me. He is not warning us about the dangers of big data and the dangers of transhumanist technology and the dangers of singularity, the merger of man and machine. No, he is speaking to the elites. That who is who he works for, Yuval Noah Harari. And so when he sits there and he says, essentially, that this technology that I speak of, that he speaks of, can be used against us. He warns them. I showed you a clip the other day of Yuval Noah Harari saying, imagine the day that the dictator of North Korea could read people's emotions while they sit in their own living room. And he will know if you are truly happy, if you're sad, if you're disgusted. And he said, but never forget that this technology is not just for the peasants. This technology can also be used against us right here at the World Economic Forum. And what he means by that, folks, if you listen to him in a number of speeches... He is warning the elites, he is warning the haves that we need to make a move on this technology, we need to control it. Remember, he sits at the world stage. He is not talking as an advisor to the United States or an advisor to the United Nations or an advisor to the State of Israel. He is speaking to the World Council, the World Economic Forum, a collection of the CEOs, the heads of state, the bureaucrats, the heads of the trade associations, the union leaders, all of the people that believe they're going to elevate to God's status, all the people that are part of this public-private partnership of which makes up the World Economic Forum. And so he's warning them that if they don't harness these technologies and use them against the have-nots, against us, the peasants, the serfs, the plebeians,
that we may get a hold of this stuff and utilize it against them. And that is exactly what you just heard. This transhumanist, this technocrat, this Frankenstein doctor, James Giordano, this extension of the state, a spokesman for the state, a scientist, an engineer, a doctor for the state. He just said to the Modern War Institute, West Point Academy, military cadets and faculty that he is not the only mad scientist thinking about doing these horrible things to people there are also combatants people from a virtual state using virtual currencies working on this as well and so what their fear is is that this stuff will be used against them if they don't harness this technology and i'm telling you folks it is a fear in their hearts. If you ever watched Breaking Bad, you will see that one of Walter White, the main character played by Brian Cranston's falses, is that he's basically paranoid. And he always ends up thinking that everyone is coming after him. So he always preemptively strikes and ends up killing a lot of people along the way. And I think that a lot of these guys, as wealthy as they are, as influential as they are, as powerful as they are, they suffer from an inferiority complex. And they always believe that people are going to strike them if they don't strike first. And so this mass genocide that may be in the works of humanity comes from the sickness that these people suffer from. And that is that they believe that the plebeians will strike first. And so what's going to happen, folks, this is where the idea of engineering humanity out of existence comes from. This is where I came up with that concept. Because one, you have the scientists and engineers always trying to make things perfect, always trying to find problems and fix problems, even when problems do not exist. And then on top of it, you have the people in charge, the ones with influence, the ones with power, the ones that control the wealth, the spreadsheets, the monopoly money, the food coupons that can spread it around to those scientists and engineers that they are using to engineer humanity out of existence because they believe that the humans are going to strike first. So they are preemptively working to whack all of us to take us all out. I'm telling you, you can hear it in this guy's voice, the way he speaks, and you can hear it in the words of Yuval Noah Harari. I'm telling you, folks, this is what they are after. They want to wipe us out. And those that get to live will be hooked up to the VR, the AR, the metaverse, and drugged out on psychedelics. It's All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold in the present folks when we get back from this short break i'm going to wrap this up and just give you a summary of what we learned here and where i think that this is going ladies and gentlemen and what i am going to cover next uh since we finally did this and put this together for you i know it was a bit choppy folks but we're getting there we're getting there we got to get the information out to folks i'll be right back this is dust and gold with the dust and gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dust and gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold
You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. You are listening to Pain.tv slash gold, and this is the Dustin Gold Standard. All right, folks. I thank you very much for sticking with us on this. I think this was a very important episode. As I said, I don't want to make a habit of going back and chopping up parts of other shows and bringing them back in. But there's been a number of you, I'll say this again, who have sent me information in regards to theories bouncing around on whether or not the state is going to use uh, nuclear war or dirty bombs or whatever uh, as the guys to set off or trigger whatever they put inside people via the jab, and then you're going to have large numbers of people dying, but they're going to use the dirty bomb and or the nuclear bomb to basically blame it on. So basically they would say that a nuke went off or say that a dirty bomb went off, and let's say, I don't know, Seattle, but then what they're going to really do is trigger, I don't know, a stem cell or something they put inside people's bodies, kill a bunch of people, and then they're just going to say it was a dirty bomb sent over here by Russia. Could this be the case? Um, I mean, it could be. They could do anything. I mean, you hear these doctors talking about what they can do. Uh, Do I personally believe that COVID land, the high school theater production was just COVID. It was just a a disease spread from somebody eating a bat. And then our government went into high gear to develop an mRNA vaccine to save us. No, I don't believe that. I do not believe that at all. Do I believe it was all psychological warfare and they stuck everybody with a placebo? No, I do not believe that either. Do I believe that the so-called vaccine or vaccines were designed to stop people from getting COVID and stop the transmission, the spread of COVID? No, I don't believe that. I think the evidence has proved that that is not the case. So then you have to ask yourself what the purpose is. Do I believe it is about money? That it was a giant grift? Hell no, I don't believe that. These are the same people. I mean, the ones that are doing this and orchestrating it at the highest levels, the ones that have to allow it to happen, the people that were willing to shut down sectors of the economy during COVID land, the high school theater production, have to be on board with this. And those are the same people that control the cell sheets, folks, the spreadsheets. They control the cells where their money is. They could just change those. They could bump up their stock prices. They don't need to sell vaccines to the government in order to make more money. There's a lot easier ways to do this than to spread a worldwide pandemic, whether a real virus or just the psychological warfare campaign or the two combined. They didn't have to do this. All right, so there has to be a reason. Now, we hear Klaus Schwab, Uh, We hear people like Peter Thiel bragging about uh, the Great Reset and how it was going to usher in this new fourth industrial revolution, this new economy. Yeah, all that plays a part in it. So there was a reason, and it goes beyond selling junk vaccines. All right, so what did we pick up from Dr. Charles Morgan III? 
We learned that the government has the ability to create a disease that can kill one person based on their DNA profile. All right. Meaning that they can kill groups of people. They can kill a group of individual people. They could kill people based on traits, shared traits within their DNA. So they have the ability to target and destroy and kill people based on their DNA down to one last individual person, like targeting me and killing me. Dr. Charles Morgan III admitted that. They have the ability to inject a stem cell into your body, have it programmed to go anywhere inside of the body, and then be able to trigger it via a signal to your brain. And when you put that in context, which which Charles Morgan talks about later, which we did not show here with sound waves, they can do it that way. And then they can have the stem cell turn into whatever they want it to be. It's like a program that runs inside your body. So it can grow cancer inside of you. It can cause a stroke inside of you. I've been doing research on expanding on the technologies that he was talking about there. And eventually I will do some shows on that. But I'd like to get a scientist on with me because it's complicated. And it's not my wheelhouse. But it's there, folks. I've read about it. And so now you see that. They can target a disease to you based on a DNA profile. We already know all these technocratic agencies and government agencies that have access to your DNA profile. They can inject this stem cell time bomb inside of you. All right. And then we have... Dr. James Giordano talking about the ability to drug someone with a small dose drug or toxin to make them basically docile or to make them fall in love with their enemy uh, all the way up to, as he said, eliminating you, which would be killing you. And so they have the ability to do this. They could do it to a world leader. They said in a room, someone who comes in hating you and they leave loving you, right? So they could do that to an entire country. Again, how would you get this into someone's system? Well, I, I think that's pretty clear at this point, folks. Now you take what he talks about with gene-edited bugs, right, or insects, generally harmless bugs, gene-editing them so that this way they go out there, they bite a bunch of people, they infect a bunch of people, however it is they gain entry, and then this will create symptoms like nausea or vomiting, diarrhea, stomach illness, whatever it is, which would be similar symptoms to other things out there, the cold, the flu, whatever. And this way you would create a bunch of hypochondriac germaphobes that would be running to their doctors because anytime they got a regular normal cold, they would think they had whatever this bug was causing. And he says you couple that with psychological warfare and propaganda campaigns to push it out into the public, broadcast it over the internet and radio. He talks about it as if uh, an individual terrorist group was doing this, but just imagine if your own government, which is a terrorist group, did this. And this way you would cause mass chaos. He calls them the worried well, the people that don't have anything, but they're running to the hospital, they're running to the doctor, and you could use this to shut down the entire uh, medical system. And so we saw that basically happening under COVID land, the high school theater production. And then he goes further to talk about the nano swarm, the ability to fuse in this disease or whatever they want to create with the bugs and have that 
go up into the air, go in through filtration systems, get up inside people's noses, up into their brains, through their eyes, through their ears, through their mouth, and basically get them sick. And so you take all these different ideas that these two mad scientists, these two Frankenstein doctors are talking about, and it really is a recipe, you know, for COVID. And so I said to myself, I wonder if Dr. James Giordano ever talked about COVID specifically. And so, folks, you know, sometimes, sometimes you wish you didn't Google So we go over here to the Mad Scientist Laboratory. That is Mad Sci, S-C-I, like sci-fi, madsciblog.tradoc.army.mil. And we've looked at this before, folks. We were looking at a blog entry written by Dr. James Giordano. And this is a government website, the Mad Scientist Laboratory. And so there is a podcast they have called The Convergence. And it, it actually says, this is the podcast by the government, The Convergence, an Army Mad Scientist podcast. And the title of this one is COVID-19 and the Future of Biosecurity, featuring Dr. James Giordano. And this was published in April 2020, April 30th, 2020. And it says right here in the latest episode of The Convergence, we talk with Dr. James Giordano, uh, author of over 300 papers, seven books, 21 book chapters, 20 government white papers, and eight mad scientist laboratory blog posts addressing brain science, national defense, and ethics. And it says, in this episode, we break down the COVID-19 virus, the effect this pandemic has had on the nation, its impact on national security, and the potential implications on future biosecurity. Now, interesting that this is published on April 30th, 2020. When did COVID land the high school theater production start, folks? When did that kick off? Wasn't it like March 2020? And all of a sudden, a month later, you've got this guy out there talking about it already? Oh, don't worry. We're going to analyze this for you. But I want to read something because they have some highlights here. It says on state, this is highlights from the podcast, on state and non-state actors using bioweapons in the future. One of the things that keeps coming up over and over again irrespective of whether there's a neurological function or there's a non-neurological target is the increasing ease at which organisms might be modifiable through the use of currently available and developing gene editing techniques well he was talking about it two years earlier in 2018 it goes on to say if i this is james giordano if i were an actor Or if I were working for a nation state and I really didn't care what I created as long as I created something that might be disruptive, well then what happens is there is your stacking the deck. So what we're trying to use CRISPR for, that's CRISPR-Cas9, we've covered that here, and these other gene editing tools and techniques is the directed or intentional modification of organisms that we understand what they're going to be, what they're going to do, and what we're trying to modify them in selective ways towards particular trajectories of structure and function. 
But if what I'm really trying to do is just create an organism that would be more infectious, transmittable, pathogenic, I really wouldn't care what it is I created, only that I created something that had the necessary characteristics that I was then looking to implement. It says one of the things that we're suggesting and the drum that we're uh, proverbially beating is that these types of gene editing techniques not only taken alone, but in concert with other viable techniques and tools of the bio and life sciences are something of a game changer when it comes to the viability or possibility of developing novel or new biological organisms that may have pathological features that could be leveraged as agents of disruption and or destruction in other words weaponizing those things and folks that's what i just said take all the ideas that dr charles morgan the third and dr james giordano talked about in their respective lectures to the west point military academy modern war institute and you have the ability to weaponize all of this stuff so you have giordano coming out one month into covid land the high school theater production and talking about how all of this stuff could have been engineered. Well, that was the point I was trying to make. And now we have this podcast that we are going to analyze, folks. So I hope I didn't freak you out too much, ladies and gentlemen. But then again, this is Halloween Eve. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash Gold. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world, built to keep us under control, able to change the Hello, human bugger. You're listening to oh, the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.TV. Join the discussion at Ping.TV slash gold. Oh, 